Welcome to Litigation Briefs, media shorts on law and courts. I'm Scott Dodson, a distinguished professor of law at UC Hastings College of the Law and the director of the Center for Litigation Courts, which produces the series. Conservative interest groups, business interest groups, and the Republican and Libertarian parties have long held class action litigation in disdain as a vehicle to force largely innocent companies to pay huge settlements benefiting primarily plaintiff's lawyers. The Chamber of Commerce nearly always appears to challenge class actions in every Supreme Court case involving them. And it has even told the court in a case in 2011 that the court should not fear the total elimination of class actions. In 2005, a Republican Congress passed the Class Action Fairness Act, which President Bush said marks a critical step toward ending the lawsuit culture in our country. Conservative judges and scholars have described class actions as legalized blackmail. So conservatives shouldn't support class actions, should they? Here to help me with that question is my guest, Brian Fitzpatrick, the Milton R. Underwood Chair of Free Enterprise at Vanderbilt Law School and author of the book, The Conservative Case for Class Actions. Brian, welcome to the show. Thank you, Scott. I'm just honored to be here. Well, let's start with you. Are you a conservative and what does that mean? I think I am. I I hope I am uh, still in good standing on this side of the aisle. I um, you know, clerked uh, for some very conservative judges, including Antonin Scalia on the US Supreme Court. I've uh, never voted for a Democrat for president. I uh, have been reading the conservative magazine National Review ever since I was a kid. I have been part of this um, legal organization that many of your viewers I bet have heard about now called the Federalist Society for many decades, ever since my first um, semester of law school, maybe not many decades, just a couple decades. And, um, uh, you know, I worked on the Hill for a Republican Senator, John Cornyn of Texas. So I think I am um, entitled to call myself a member of the vast right wing conspiracy. And, you know, what does that mean for me? Uh, you know, there's a lot of different types of conservatives out there, but I think most of us share one idea in common more than any other, and that is we believe in markets to best allocate resources in society. We believe that markets have more information about the, the best way to allocate things than any central planners could have in Washington, D.C., or any state capital. And so we just believe that markets know best about how to create wealth and prosperity, allocate resources for our society. Um, and so I think that's the principle that really um, drives most of conservative thinking. And then there's little offshoots beyond that. Now, does that mean no government? You don't like government at all? No, and I'm happy you asked that question because I think there is something of a caricature of conservatives that is complete laissez-faire, no government intervention in our lives. That's 
beyond libertarianism, that's anarchy. Um, no one serious holds the no government view. What the view of the conservative is, is that we need government, but we need government to do very limited things. And the limited things that we believe in government are number one, to solve collective action problems. This is things like the military. Uh, but number two, the government has a role in uh, creating the conditions that are needed for these free markets that we want to use to allocate resources. The government needs to create conditions so those markets can survive and thrive. Uh, and that means legally enforceable rules. Um, you know, the most basic one is property rights. You can't have resources and allocation of resources and markets without people being able to own property and to protect that property from other people who want to take it. So we have to have some law that says you are entitled to keep your property. And there's a whole bunch of other laws that um, conservatives, even libertarian conservatives, believe the government needs to put in place so that markets can survive and thrive. These are things like we have to have laws against breach of contract. We have to have laws against fraud. We have to have laws against horizontal price fixing, you know, collusion among competitors. If we don't have laws uh, that stop all those things, then our markets are not going to survive or thrive. It is true that you can always vote with your feet, as we say, if you don't like how you're treated by a merchant, you can just go to a different merchant um, when they breach your contract or they defraud you, for example. But um, most conservatives think that just voting with your feet is not sufficient to create thriving markets because then you're gonna be scared every time you transact business on whether you're gonna be left holding the bag without legal recourse. Um, and so we believe as conservatives that in order to give people confidence to transact business in the market, we need to tell them if your contract is breached, if you're defrauded, you can go to a court and get uh, a remedy. And, and so we, we need these kinds of laws. We need enforcement of these kinds of laws uh, to accomplish our goal of using markets to allocate resources in society. Okay, so that's an answer for why conservatives should support some laws and uh, even civil litigation to help enforce those laws and, and prevent fraud or breach of contract. But the class actions are another beast entirely. So uh, can you explain a little bit about what class actions are first? Absolutely. So a class action lawsuit, it's a very special kind of lawsuit because it allows one person um, to sue on behalf of all other people who have been injured in the same way by the defendant. And so, you know, example of this would be, well, let's say that your bank um, has decided to skim um, 50 cents off of everyone's account at the bank. Just take 50 cents, hope no one notices, put it in the bank's treasury and make the profits look good on the next quarter for Wall Street. Well, uh, if one person notices that 50 cents is missing, that person can go to court and say, I want to sue not just for my 50 cents, 
but I want to sue to try to recover 50 cents for every other account holder at this bank. And so what it does is it takes a 50 cent lawsuit and transforms it into a 50 cent times, let's say a million account holders. Uh, that's a $500,000 lawsuit now. And we can have class actions that are billion dollar lawsuits. And so it multiplies the stakes of the lawsuit by allowing one person to sue on behalf of everybody else. And if that person wins, then that person is obligated to try to distribute the money to all the other people. They don't get to keep it for themselves. They distribute the money to everybody else so everybody can share in this class action lawsuit. And uh, these are very powerful lawsuits. Obviously, a, a, a bank is more afraid of a $500,000 class action than a 50 cent one-off lawsuit. And more importantly than that, um, for small losses like 50 cents, really there is no alternative to the class action in order to seek legal recourse against a bank because no one is gonna sue for 50 cents. It's not worth anyone's time, um, uh, but uh, it is worth someone's time if uh, you can get $500,000, for example. Whose time is it worth? It's worth a lawyer's time. A lawyer will take a $500,000 case. No lawyer is going to take a 50 cent case. The reason why the lawyer is going to take the $500,000 case is because something called contingency fees that we use in this country. Uh, lawyers take cases and they get a percentage of what they recover for their clients. And so a standard percentage is one third. A lawyer takes a $500,000 class action case. They get one third for themselves if they win. That's you know $167,000 or something like that if I did my math correct. So that's worth it for a lawyer to take the case. So we have 50 cent losses that no one would remedy on their own now being transformed into one lawsuit worth half a million dollars and that lawsuit is worth a lawyer's time and will be brought. And because it will be brought, the bank will be held accountable when the bank probably otherwise would not be held accountable. So, so this is benefiting plaintiff's lawyers and it's kind of hurting uh, you know, essential businesses like banks. So why are class actions consistent with a conservative outlook? Well, yes, I mean, the bank is hurt, but the bank did something wrong. <laughs> the bank uh, took 50 cents out of your account that it should not have taken out of your account. And so um, if we believe that we need to stop breaches of contract, we need to stop frauds, we need to stop you know, collusion among competitors on prices in order to have well-functioning markets. And as we discussed earlier, we do believe that as conservatives then we need to enforce those laws. And for these small injuries, 50 cents, $5, $50, $100, $500, for small losses like this, the only way they get enforced is if you aggregate them into one lawsuit that is worth a lawyer's time. Otherwise, no one is gonna do anything about it and banks are gonna breach contracts they're gonna commit fraud and they're gonna price fix with each other uh, because 
they know they're not going to be held accountable. So that's not the kind of markets that we want. We don't want markets where companies feel like they can breach contracts, commit fraud, and engage in price fixing whenever they want to. That'll destroy the markets because those essential rules we discussed will not be enforced. That's like not having the essential rules at all. If you can't enforce the rules, it's like the rules aren't there. That causes our markets to become places where no one wants to transact business. And that is not going to allow us to use markets to allocate resources because everyone's going to be afraid of doing anything in the market. So we need to enforce these laws for small losses. The class action is the only way uh, that um, you know, private citizens, at least, are able to enforce the law. Well, couldn't, couldn't you have the government step in and um, provide more oversight or maybe the Consumer Financial Protection Bureau or the SEC could um, you know, initiate actions uh, on a public scale? Scott, you could. You could have the government do it instead. But what makes us conservatives is that we don't like the government. And, and this is, you know, in the opening segment uh, for this interview, you alluded to a, a case where the United States Chamber of Commerce told the United States Supreme Court, do not worry if class actions go away. And the reason they told the Supreme Court that was because they said to the court, don't worry if class actions go away, there's a better way to enforce the rules. The better way is federal regulators. And I'm sorry, with due respect to the United States Chamber of Commerce, federal regulators is not the conservative way to do things. We don't like the government. We prefer private sector solutions. And this is really the other half of the conservative case for class actions. If you agree, we need these rules enforced even for these small harms. Our choice is between private lawyers representing private citizens in private class action lawsuits or government regulators coming in to tell companies what to do or to sue companies uh, when they think they've done something wrong. Well, between those two choices, government and private citizens represented by private lawyers, the conservative option is the private citizens and private lawyers. And, and, and the reason for that is the same reasons that we like private sector solutions to everything else. We don't want to pay taxes for a bunch of government bureaucrats doing things that we could do ourselves. We don't wanna create citizens relying on the government to bail them out all the time. We want self-reliance and we believe in incentives. We believe that private lawyers collecting a percentage of what they recover for us are gonna do a better job than government bureaucrats sitting in their office making the same salary year in and year out, no matter what they do. All the reasons we like private sector solutions apply with equal force to private enforcement of the law. And so the government is an option, Scott, it's just a bad option. So it sounds like you're saying conservatives should love class actions and support them as they are now. Is that what you're saying? Well, nothing is perfect, <laughs> even our uh, private class action device. Um, I do think that on the whole, class actions are working well and they're working better than the government would work. But as I said, nothing is perfect and we could tweak the class action in a few ways to improve it. I, I offer some 
thoughts in my book on some reforms and tweaks we can make to make the device even better. You know, I, I really try uh, in my book um, to uh, take the Chamber of Commerce's criticisms um, at face value. And if they make some legitimate points about how it's too easy to file um, meritless lawsuits or the attorneys are making too much money, um, to the extent that they're right about some of those things, I say, okay, let's tweak the system. Um, but you know, in the main, I find the chamber's criticisms uh, to be very exaggerated. In the main, the, the system is working very well. Um, we have class action lawyers uh, who collect only a percentage of what they get uh, from uh, the lawsuit. And that gives them the right incentives. Now, you know, sometimes um, judges uh, can put rules into place for the class actions that they have before them that, um, you know, give incentives to the class action lawyers to do um, things that, you know, probably they shouldn't be incentivized to do. But those are tweaks that we can handle. Um, we don't need to throw the whole system out as the United States Chamber of Commerce wants to do. So if you're right, then why, why are uh, conservative groups persisting in uh, demonizing class actions? Well, you know, I think that is um, an interesting question. And I think the answer to it um, comes from the fact that the business community is not the same thing as the conservative community. A lot of times what businesses want, big businesses, um, are consistent with conservative principles. But some of the time what big businesses want are not consistent with conservative principles. And we have to keep the two things in mind separately. And I don't see the Republican Party keeping those two things in mind as much as it used to. The Chamber of Commerce and the big businesses have a lot of power um, in the Republican Party. And I don't see the party following its principles as much as I do see it following the special interest group of the United States Chamber of Commerce. And, you know, I think that's unfortunate. And, you know, you know one of the reasons why I wrote this book was to try to encourage uh, conservative judges, other conservative thinkers, um, that maybe we shouldn't blindly follow the business community so much. And, and you know, one of the people that I cite repeatedly uh, for that proposition is probably the most famous conservative academic of them all, Milton Friedman. He repeatedly made the point that we cannot trust big businesses to protect the free enterprise system. They have their own agenda and they don't like if they're big businesses, that means they're winning currently in the marketplace. And a lot of times that means they're very happy to go to Washington, D.C. and get special protections against competition in the future. We can't trust them to protect the market. We have to protect the market ourselves as conservatives. And so that means bucking biz big business sometimes. And I think class action lawsuits are one of those times. Well, Brian, thank you very much for joining me today and helping me answer the question, 
should conservatives support class actions? It was my pleasure, Scott. Thank you so much for having me. This episode was sponsored by the Center for Litigation and Courts at UC Hastings College of the Law. If you enjoyed this episode of Litigation Briefs, I hope you'll tune in to future episodes. In fact, I hope you'll consider subscribing to our YouTube channel and audio podcast, which can be accessed through the Center for Litigation and Courts website at sites.uchastings.edu slash CLC. While you're at it, encourage a friend to do the same. This is Litigation Briefs, respectfully submitted, Scott Dodson.